Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. It's interesting that we're going to begin the new year with a topic that was so predominant really in the last couple of years, uh, which is buying a home. Um, the real estate market had been uh, very erratic, and uh, people scrambled in a lot of different ways. But we're starting to see home sales uh, increase again, and uh, today we're going to take a look at one aspect of the loan approval process. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, uh, back to start another new year here with our podcast series on significant legal topics that uh, that can touch your day-to-day life. In our conversation today, we'll focus on uh, securing loan commitments uh, up front for a home buyer, and uh, we'll get some information uh, that perhaps not everyone is aware of, as we always like to share with you here. To help navigate our way through the discussion, I'm pleased to have with me today Attorney Kelly Anderson of Lavelle Law Limited. Uh, Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jim. Um, you know, the home buying process can be very tricky um, once you get beyond finding the home, which, of course, is, is the major objective, but everything that follows that, especially for a first-time buyer, uh, is is overwhelming at times. Uh, now, you know, I, I hear a lot, especially recently, about buyers getting pre-approved for a loan so they can make a quick move. Um, is pre-approval a, a good tool for a, a buyer to have in their home buying kit? You know, it's definitely a good thing to have, and it's something you can get before you even make an offer, and you want to take that with you and show the show the seller, hey, my lender says I can get this much money. However, um, you know, I can't tell you how often I ask a buyer, do you have a firm commitment from your lender or a clear to close? And they say, yes, I'll send you the letter. But what they're sending me is that pre-approval letter. Unfortunately, this isn't what the sellers ultimately want that tells them you're going to be able to close this deal. Um, This isn't to say you're not a worthy buyer, but in this market, the approval process is meticulous and tedious. And what you ultimately want your lender to say is that we've reviewed everything. We will unconditionally approve you for a loan. You can close this deal tomorrow. Um, you know, but if I'm representing a seller, I'm not going to put a lot of stock in the pre-approval letter. It really doesn't mean necessarily that um, they've got the loan. Interesting. So pre-approval, uh, as much as people like to throw that term around, really there's there's not a lot of guarantee behind that then. Right. It's really just the mortgage lender saying, if everything you're telling me is true and I don't find anything wrong with your credit, I'll give you a loan, maybe. <laughs> Okay. Well, you mentioned, I think I heard you say, uh, term unconditional commitment uh, and, and clear to close. What, what what do those mean particularly then? Well, an unconditional commitment is is you have met all the conditions. Basically, what happens in the process of getting that clear to close is um, the lender, once you have your sort of pre-approval letter and, you know, you've got a, an offer on the table or a contract on the table, table your loan officer is going to say, I need all this supporting documentation from you. And as a borrower, you need to, you know, prepare for these things in advance if you can, um, have access to your bank statements, your tax returns for the last three years, um, W-2s, pay stubs, 1099s, Q 
keep um, some sort of list of your monthly expenses. Then after you've submitted all this thing, what's going to happen is the loan representative, your broker, is going to submit your loan application and your docs to someone called an underwriter. He's the gatekeeper of this whole process, and he's sort of like um, a detective making sure that everything that you've represented is true. Um, and unfortunately, he's sort of paid to be negative, especially in this in this market, given the consequences of late payments and foreclosures and how costly that is to lenders. He's gonna you know, he'd rather turn down a couple good loans than approve one that could lead to foreclosure. So he's gonna check your credit scores, your income, your monthly obligations, your employment. Um, details, verification, and if he's missing anything, then he's going to ask for more information from you. So you sort of need to be ready as a buyer to explain everything. Um, And after you've submitted everything, he may issue a decision, which could be an approval. It could be an approval with some more conditions, or they could deny it. Um, And also one of the key elements also is the appraisal of the home. The the underwriter is going to review the appraisal when it comes back to make sure that the value matches the size of the loan you're requesting, and this is a very big part of the process. Okay, so there's a lot going on there, and I want to kind of dig into that a little bit. Sure. But under what I think was a general understanding a lot of people have is that that pre-approval that you mentioned earlier is someone filling out some forms early in the process that sort of list their income and other things and getting that letter that says, as you said, well, sure, we we might give you the loan. Does this other more detailed process, can that also be done in advance before someone really starts shopping for a home, or does that really come at contract time? It's it's rare that that's going to happen in advance, but you can certainly – Ask your lender um, if they'd be willing to do that. In other words, they would be underwriting a loan before there's actually a contract on the table or, um, you know, before you get very far into negotiating a contract. It is rare that they do that, though, unfortunately. Okay. It is, and, it's, it's, it's a large undertaking, on behalf, you know, by the lender, so... Yeah, so they're not they're not going to do that until there's there's probably a you know a contract or an offer in hand. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so t- talk about that contract or the offer process. So, you know, a buyer finds a home, uh, whether or not they've been pre-approved, have that piece behind them. Um, so now now they they put a, an offer on the table. The the seller says yes, we you know we think this is good. Um, at that point, though, really, then there's there's no guarantees for either of them in, until this review process is is going to play itself out and you reach that point of of receiving that commitment. Right. Well, what you want to do is make sure that in that contract that you have negotiated, um, and and I will say that in most, the standard real estate contract that you'll see in at least in the Chicagoland area, it will be in there, is something called a mortgage contingency provision. And you need to make sure that there is a date in there that allows you enough time to get all this done and allows underwriting to review all your documentation. And I will tell you, right now, I think 30 days is the average time to get that all done. So you want to put in there that you have the next 30 days to get your mortgage, your your loan in place, and if you're unable to get it in place Within that 30 days, you have to make sure you ask for an extension of time for that. Um, and I will tell you that you know sellers, or at least sellers' attorneys, are expecting extension requests these days because it is it is frequent that it's just it just doesn't happen within the time frame. Lenders are log jammed. They are, like I said, being very very meticulous in everything they do, and they are going through it with a fine tooth comb. And it can take 
in excess of 30 days if there's any sort of question on anything. Now, if if I'm a buyer and I present that contract as accepted and now I have this 30-day or more process going on, am, am I protected during that period or if another buyer comes along with, with you know, a better offer or, or cash, do I lose out? You're 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 gener- you're protected. Uh, you have um, you have the first position. However, if you're unable to get it within that 30 days, and you let them know, hey, I need a short extension of time, or I need another two weeks to get my loan in place, they can say, no, sorry, we've got another offer on the table. We're going to go with that. That's our, you know, they they have that option of denying your extension request. But so long as you give notice within that 30 days that you're unable to obtain it, you will at least get your earnest money back. That's sort of the protection, why you have that mortgage contingency in there is to sort of allow you an out if you can't get your financing and still be able to get your earnest money back. Yeah, very important point. Uh, Kelly Anderson of Law Limited is is our guest today. We're we're talking about the home buying process, and buyers may often hear about being pre-approved, but but we've already heard from Kelly that uh, there are some misconceptions there. Uh, we're talking about unconditional commitment is, is really what the buyer needs and what the seller uh, needs in, in this arrangement. Now, you mentioned earlier the appraisal, and, and I want to go back to that. Um, you know, What happens when that appraisal comes in um, at a point that's maybe different than, than the parties had expected it would? Well, if appraisal comes in low, chances are your lender or the buyer's lender isn't going to do the deal at all, even even and I've seen this happen where the buyer says, you know what, I'm willing to cover the gap, um, what what they said they loan and, and the actual price. But your lender is going to consider the home overvalued and they are, you know, they feel like they are, they're being put in a risky position and they are probably not going to do the deal at all. So if this happens, if it comes in low, and so long as you're still within that contingency period that we talked about, you can let the seller know that you you're not able to get the financing based on the current purchase price. You send them a copy of the appraisal or show or let them know what the appraisal came out at and say, I need a price reduction or I just can't can't move forward. Um and it could if it's a big price reduction, you might find that the seller says, uh-uh, I'm, I'm going to go look for a cash buyer who doesn't have to go through the appraisal process. Or they may say they want another appraiser to come in and make sure that the first appraisal was accurate. Maybe they don't feel that the comps around them don't support the appraisal amount. So you know, it, it can turn out a number of ways. But so long as you're still within that contingency period, there's an opportunity to negotiate so long as you give proper notice. Okay, and I and I know that at the end of this process, um, you know, when it comes time for closing, that's when all this magic has to happen. And everything has to come together at one place, one time, and getting those dates set with all the parties is is a big step. Um, have you seen instances in which you get to closing and things aren't yet completed or not approved? You don't have that uh, uh, the approval that you were expecting to have at that point. What happens? <laughs> well. That's that's why one of the things you really have to make sure you keep track of is, is that mortgage contingency deadline. And you do sort of have to feel out the other side, too, in advance to know whether or not these are people who are going to, um, you know, work with you if you say, hey, what, I, I need I need another week. Or are they the kinds of people who are going to say, no, we're, we're only going to give you uh, 24 hours, and if you don't have it in place, then see you later. Um, but just make sure that if, if you know you're not going to be able to um, get – 
the financing in place in time, ask for an extension. And if you aren't going to be able to get it by the closing date in the contract, then you will most likely have to sign some sort of addendum changing the closing date. The lender is going to require that um, definitely um, before they continue processing the loan. Well, so you may have to actually negotiate two date changes. Yeah, a lot, and you know, it's, it gets to my final question here with about a minute or so left. It, you know, some real estate transactions, I'm sure, are, are simple and clean, but but you never right. really anticipate what's going to happen right up until the end. Um, just give us a, a quick recap of why it just makes sense to use a good real estate attorney, even if you think you know what you're doing and you've been through it a number of times before. It, especially right now, if, if there's any sort of financing involved in your contract, you need an attorney um, to be checking those dates in the contract and making sure that you are protected. Otherwise, you risk losing your earnest money. You could potentially be obligated um, you know, for the entire purchase price if, if you don't have an attorney reviewing that contract and making sure you're protected. And once again, just give us a quick recap I, because I, I think people will be surprised that pre-approval doesn't really mean a lot. Tell us what they're after and how they should go about getting it with, with just a couple yeah. seconds left here. You know, pre-approval is 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 not the magic word these days. It's it's a good thing to have when you're showing the seller you want to buy their place. But what you ultimately want is to get through underwriting in the loan process. You want to meet all the conditions that your lender is requiring. You need to provide them all the documentation they ask for. And after that, when they give you your unconditional commitment and tell you you can close, that's that's when you're safe. That's when you're um, you know in a position to actually close the deal. Great. Well, uh, as always, uh, you know, very informative, very helpful today. We we want to say thanks to Kelly Anderson for being a part of the podcast. Um, now, if, if you or a friend or family member might find value in today's conversation because there's a home purchase on your on your horizon, go ahead and download this. Make sure you share it with others. Um, it can always be found on LavelleLaw.com. Uh, you can download it from iTunes or BlogTalkRadio.com. Not only this podcast, but but any from our series over the last couple of years. And there's a lot of a lot of great topics. That's looking back. As we look ahead, I'm going to be joined by uh, Attorney Josh Nesser next week. We'll talk about uh, innocent spouse relief, a topic we had covered uh, some time ago. And uh, later in the month, we'll turn our attention back to business needs as we look at creditors' rights and uh, LLC interests. Stephen McGala will be here. He's joined us in the past, and I think we'll have a great conversation with him. So I look forward to having you join us, and thanks very much for being here today. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 